Welcome to The Bottleneck. The Bottleneck is a podcast dedicated to the love of factory and automation games. We're here to bring you the latest news and game reviews in the genre. I'm your host, Dave, joined by my fellow co-host, longtime friend and virtual drinking buddy, Chris. We have decades of gaming experience across a variety of gaming genres and have, in the past couple years, shared a deep appreciation for factory and automation games. Today's going to be a bit of a departure from the norm. Like basically every other podcast in the world, we're going to use the new year, even though we missed the actual new year by a few weeks, to take both a look back at the year that happened and a look forward at the year that's coming. But before we can do that, we'll start off by talking about our first bottleneck. What's in the glass? What are you drinking tonight, Dave? I decided to start off big. I haven't been drinking a whole lot lately. Um, just you know, trying to trying to avoid it in general. I'm trying to get in shape to go play some baseball. But uh, I decided to break out the big guns and crack open a 12 ounce of Bourbon County Stout. What? A nice, wonderful nice. Bar- barrel aged beer out of Goose Island here in Chicago. Uh, even though they did get bought by AB and Bev a few years ago, the quality on their Bourbon County still has not dropped. So that's uh, that's excellent to see. Just a delicious beer, a little bit sweet, very hot, probably. I didn't check the bottle, but it's probably like 18% or something like that. It is delicious. Very nice. I got to go source some to keep my vertical going. I think I have a 2014 and newer in the aging fridge, so got to go run by Let my Let me know if you need me to pick story. one up. Uh, I think I got a place out here now. We we found a, a hole in the wall that's got them for us. So I think we're good there, but appreciate you. Appreciate the offer. And then. Well, how about you? What are you drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking uh, 8-Bit Ale Works, of course. You know, we're big fanboys of them. So I uh, got their winter mini boss called Witcher Warmer. It's a chocolate hazelnut winter warmer style beer. Uh, basically, what he's trying to do is. Uh, use a blend of roasted hazelnuts, cacao nibs, vanilla beans to try to make the beer have a hint of Nutella to it. So think of a nice scoop of new Nutella on a, a dark uh, winter ale, uh, winter warmer style ale. It's very delicious. There's not like a ton of spices or anything. It's just chocolatey and nutty and all that. Really good. I don't think it's as high as your... Uh, as yours that you're drinking over there, but I still think it's in the right around 10% range, if I recall. So it's getting up there. It's delicious. It's definitely, oh, yeah. I got a few of them here for, uh, oh, I don't know if we want to break that news yet. So <laughs> maybe later in the episode. Yeah, maybe at the end. So the news does it just stop because we're doing a special episode either. There have been a few interesting happenings in the automation factory game space recently. DSP had a minor patch recently, the most interesting of which is allowing the game to automatically create partial heights and bridges over other belts that already exist. Um, In the past, you had to kind of glitch the game to do half-height, quarter-height belts and save them as blueprints in order in order to use half-height belts. Um, but now you just drag the belt over other belts, and it automatically creates uh, arches and bridges over them. So I personally had a little bit of trouble getting it to work. I don't know if I wasn't fully patched yet. The option came up, and it looked like it was going to work. Um, I was also playing the Galactic Scale, and that may have been... One of the reasons, because there's different size planets and whatnot. They're not the normal 200 radius planets. So, But overall, awesome feature. You know, such a pain to make your own and planning it out. So I definitely like that. And it looks really nice, too, when it works. It always takes the mods a little bit to catch up. So hopefully the bugs were just because of the mods we were using. Yep, that's my guess. Captain of Industry. Uh released a new map and also reworked their tutorials. They did a bunch of rebalancing as well, some tweaks to improve the experience overall in addition to the tutorials. 
Uh, it looks pretty interesting. It might be time to dive back into that one pretty soon. And then a new game that was recently brought to our attention is Atrio, the Dark Wild. It recently went version 1.0 uh, today, actually, on Steam. This is one we somehow overlooked, but it looks like a cross between an automation and factory game as well as a survival game. It's set in a cyberpunky post-apocalyptic setting, and it's kind of, it's got, you know, you have the ability to capture creatures and insert them into your assembly line and kind of siphon them for resources, and it's really weird and kind of, I don't know, it's just an interesting and unique way of uh, of playing a factory game. So we're going to add that one to the games database, but it definitely looks like one that is going to hit our wish list here soon. Yeah, I'm not sure how we missed that one. Uh, somebody on the Discord called it to our attention. It looks really cool. Um, Tectonica continues to dribble out little tidbits of information on a regular basis. Uh, the most recent one some visual revamps of the terminals in the game. Terminals Victor and Lima are the two that we've seen. They look really cool. Um, a couple weeks ago, they also talked about Butterfly Cove, the area around uh, one of the terminals. Got added some information about the visuals and showed off some of the updates, um, including to uh, they have some flowing waterfalls, which they didn't have in the alpha or the demo. Looked really cool. And I put this in our show notes, but I'm I'm getting a little worried that Tectonica is is focusing a little too much on polishing the the visuals up of the game instead of getting it ready for 1.0. It reminds me a lot of Satisfactory, you know, they get these handcrafted maps, and next thing you know, they're throwing tons of resources at polishing up and tweaking the handcrafted maps instead of just getting the game out and then tweaking that later, but. We'll see what happens. You know, it's still still early yet. Yeah, and looking forward to that one coming out in early access, as always. But right. I agree. I, I hope they're not devoting too much of their attention to just fixing visuals. But, then, you know, there's, it's usually a, a separate work stream to do the visuals from the coding and a lot of the actual a, gameplay. So, Right. Yeah, that's we'll, what I'm hoping anyways. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. And then Factorio sent a mod portal recap on their last uh, Friday update. Uh, definitely go to Factorio.com and log in with your Steam accounts or with your Factorio accounts and take a look at your recap. There's a lot of really interesting stats that they put together around the number of mods that people have downloaded. Uh, Dave and I are both in the 10 to 49 mods downloaded group which puts us in the largest percentile group out there, but a lot of really fun facts. Uh, you know, it says 8.6% of players have more than hundred mods downloaded, which is pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, if, if you think about it, obviously not all of those are probably active, but you know, just, just shows you that, you know, Factor is one of those games or it has so much replayability and it's easily modded and uh, just has a great following to it. And I also think they they breached uh, three and a half million downloads too recently. Yeah, three and a half million sales, which makes that 8.6 number, 8.6% number really impressive. Now we're going to talk about the year in review. 2022 was a pretty good year for factory and automation games. Um, kind of feels like every year is better than the previous year at this point for them, which is certainly not true of the greater world in general. Though the biggest news in the automation game space is obviously this podcast launching. February 3rd was the day that we released our very first episode talking about Autonauts. Um, so we are coming up on our one-year anniversary of our first published episode, and we are over 1,500 listens altogether. So we've done pretty well, and we thank all of you guys, our viewers, for everything you've uh, done to help us get there. We especially thank our Discord community, which is small but 
constantly growing at this point. Um, got some good, uh, good banter and discussion of factory games as well as other games. And they're helping make sure that we don't miss anything. Like today they uh, showed us that Atrio is out in 1.0, which we had never heard of before. So it's, it's a great resource if you want to join up there. And I can't reiterate enough that, you know, when we started the podcast last year, almost a year ago, that, you know, it was kind of a running joke that we were going to get tens and tens of listens. And then, you know, we hit our first hundred listens. And then next thing you know, we're at at a thousand and the pace has just accelerated. And, you know, it took us 11 months to get to a thousand. It's going to take us less than two months to get to 2000, you know, it's just accelerating at this point. And, and, you know, I just can't, just can't thank the community enough for, for tuning in to two guys, just talking about something that they love. And we, uh, um, you know, we've got about, this will be our 15th episode. So we're averaging over a hundred listens an episode. Our peak episode was a Factorio one with over 300 listens, which is excellent. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting to see how many people are interested in listening to us talk. I love it. And on that note, you know, the other big news was five months ago, we decided to expand and create a website, bottlenetgaming.com, where we just wanted to, you know, kind of create that central point where people can go to find other content creators. Uh, the big thing we wanted to do was the games database where, we try to list out every game that we know of in the in the space, and you know we have to this date we've had eight hundred unique visitors, and the games database accounts for about forty percent of the traffic to the site right now. So, you know, it's definitely something that we're proud of creating, and we appreciate you guys, you know, clicking on the links, and you know we're doing this all. I think we said it at the beginning. You know, this is something we're paying for out of pocket. We were sticking to no tracking, no ads. There's no, literally no revenue source in the background, nothing. You know, it's just something that we enjoy doing as a hobby. So we appreciate everybody tuning in and checking out the website and, you know, just having some fun in the space. Yeah. And as a result, you know, we're not updating the website as frequently as maybe we'd like to, but it's still, there's some untapped potential there, but we're looking forward to hopefully. Uh, realizing some of that potential in the upcoming year. And the game's database is definitely the most important and interesting part of it, at least for now. And we're pretty proud of how far that's come. Yeah, especially since, you know, our ultimate goal is growing the the genre, right? Getting more people exposed to more of the games. And, you know, if we can do that, then... We can get the developers more money in their pockets and they're going to improve their games and there's going to be more developers. And the next thing you know, the space is going to grow. So that's our ultimate goal is, you know, it's kind of selfish on my part. And, you know, I want to see, you know, I want to see some new games. I want to see some new interesting mechanics that get developed. And, you know, the only way to do that is to grow the space and, and get developers, you know, eager to, to develop games for us. Speaking of developers breaking into the space and developing games for us, uh, one of the most exciting things to happen, I would say, in this space in this year, other than our podcast and website, was Tectonica. Um, they launched you know, the whole project or revealed the project to the world, launched the alpha and the demo, and we all got to get a little taste of how interesting that game is going to be. Um, it's it's a really cool one that's coming up on the horizon. But yeah, it was it was really fun to play through the alpha and just to follow the development of that game. They they release a lot of information as they go. They're doing nearly weekly updates, showing off new things that they've been working on. Uh, it's, it's a really neat process, and it's really cool to see how far that game has come and where it, where it's headed. Yeah, I'm with you. I still think that's one of the most exciting offerings that's going to be available. You know, hopefully we see 1.0 in the in the near future. I'm still a little bit bitter that you got into the alpha. I didn't get to play, but I did get to play that demo, and you know, sat, satisfied my itch 
for the Tectonica game for now. But definitely looking forward to it in 2023. In 2022, we also were blessed from Satisfactory and Coffee Stain Studios, the updates 5, 6, and 7 this year. We got to see a big progression of the game. A lot of tweaks to the AI in the game. They've sculpted a few more areas of the map for us. Uh, and then we got some blueprinting in Update 7 to really cap off the year. So we have some nice progress with the Satisfactory game. Yeah, definitely some exciting development there. So I feel like Update 5 was just a massive, massive jump from Update 4. Um, I hadn't really played much in Update 4 previously, though. Um, but it, it just it seemed like that was a ma- monster update. And then 6 and 7 were a little smaller, but still added some really nice features. As I mentioned, our first game that we ever reviewed was Autonauts, which was a game that I had played previously, but Chris did not. Uh, another in- exciting thing that happened this year on that front was Autonauts versus Pirate Bots was released. Uh, I sort of petered out in my game. I played it for a while. I got somewhat deep into it, but didn't get all the way. But it was definitely an interesting uh evolution of the autonauts formula some really cool stuff and they've been continually updating it with quality of life features that make me definitely want to revisit that as soon as i get some time to do so yeah and in avp and the original autonauts they still are some of my favorite games for especially learning like basic logic you know especially programming logic where you have to step-by-step work your way through and being able to copy that to different bots and you know you might have a limited amount of memory so how do you most optimize the function you want that that bot to take right so i loved autonauts for that especially a guy coming from a computer science background right you know i loved the game for that and getting avp to come out and Adding all that extra functionality was really exciting this year for them. And yeah, and it, it was a different set of challenges where, you know, in Autonauts, you sometimes had to work around memory constraints and stuff. You started with super upgraded bots and AVP, and it was just an entirely different set of challenges that was really interesting. Yeah, these are games that I'm definitely looking forward to my kids getting a little older and being able to play for themselves as well. And then another game that was really exciting for us to get our hands on this year was captain of industry that went early access to where the general populace could finally get their hands on it and play around with it. You know, this was a game where while it had handcrafted maps, what you could do in the maps was very, it definitely had that sandboxy feel. It didn't feel like you were constrained too much, right? Um, Like how you mine and where you, dumped your waste and how you put your buildings together and the logistics of, you know, trucks running around and delivering things. It was a really neat uh, way of how the game operated. And it had probably one of the most realistic feels to it, right? Like uh, some of the games we get into, they're very steampunk or They're super futuristic, but the Captain of Industry was one of those games that it, it was the closest to reality in terms of how the gameplay is and how you would expect, you know, this type of, of game to play. Like, you know, so I enjoyed it very much for that reason. And, and I don't know what your thoughts are, Dave, on it, but, you know, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very different take from your big three, from your Factorio Satisfactory DSP on the, the automation game formula. There's a lot more... Yeah, there's a lot more real world injected into it, um, but in a way that is really enjoyable. It doesn't, you know, doesn't make it tedious or too difficult or anything like that. It's just the the logistics challenges are very different from those other games where there's a lot more. I don't know. The science has evolved to the point of magic almost. Sort of. Uh, yeah, the the realism was really nice. And then the final big event that we want to mention for the past year was final upgrade going to version 1.0. Um, we got into this one 
during the past year and enjoyed it during our review time. Um, they, yeah, the the big 1.0 update introduced a lot of additional um, features. Uh, there's there's a one of the interesting things that I have yet to play with that I really want to with this game is uh, something I was reading about is how how the difficulty changes happen. You can really really customize the difficulty in a lot of different ways in ways that actually change how the game plays rather than just like, you know, tweaking how much something gives or how much something takes to research things like that. Um, so that's somewhere that I want to revisit for sure. But I know you've played this one more recently than I have. Is there anything uh, particularly interesting you want to mention? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of games that, in 2022 that I was first exposed to earlier in the in the year, but then I came back to play them later on. I feel like Final Upgrade was one of those games that made the biggest strides from going from a game that felt kind of raw to being definitely very polished, right? I felt like, you know, over the course of just a few months, they really put the effort into making the game, a, you know, a complete package towards the end. And I was able to play, you know, I... Uh, started a new map after the game went 1.0 and over the course of a week just couldn't couldn't put it down and and played it and got to the end game and beat the map I was on right I got to the billion uh population mark which is the signal for the end game so um very much enjoyed it uh the changes they made Took the game from about a six to like an eight and a half, nine, in my opinion. I thought it was, you know, one of the most improved games of the year. Yeah, that's another one of the million games that I need to revisit once I get some free time to do so. Absolutely. Check out again. So now that we've had a chance to talk about some of the big updates and games that were released or have hit the market in the last, you know, in the in 2022, let's go ahead and look to the future, see what 2023 has for us or what might potentially has for us. So, you know, a little bit of a of a disclaimer here. This is obviously going to have a lot of speculation to it. So don't hold our, you know. We don't have any in, insider insider uh, contacts or anything, so we don't know if any of this is going to happen or not. But this is kind of what we're hoping is going to happen this year or what might happen this year. So, so if you do you know, have Dave, insider information and want to tell us about it, please do. Oh, yeah. We're, we're more than happy to listen to you. So <laughs> so what do you got for us, Dave? What do you, you think is going to – how do you think 2023 is going to get started off for us? Well, the first thing that – we really expect to happen is that Tectonica is going to be released in early access. I think that's kind of a no brainer. It is almost certainly going to come out unless there are some huge setbacks. I'm not nearly as certain, or I don't expect that it will come out in full 1.0 release. Um, I think that they're going to take, take their sweet old time in early access because, um, you know, just the way they've been talking about everything, the, the way they've released all their information about it, it really seems like they are the type of devs to take their time and make sure everything is great, possibly even too perfect before they sign off on it. So I, I think it, Tectonic is going to come out in early access, but not release in 1.0 until at least 2024. So I'm going to set the over under on May of this year for early access well what are you taking on that you're taking the under or the over i think i'm gonna take the over okay so you think it's gonna come out may or later yes at this point okay we should probably figure out something for that bet but (laughs) no i'm i'm actually with you i mean I, i i put it as may because i think they mentioned they were possibly targeting may um, you know, I'm with you yeah, though. I think, I think it's gonna the over slip. on that. I think it's gonna slip too, which is they fine. You know, slip. I, you know, I think, uh, I think our, our, our point of view here is I'd rather it be done 
versus forcing the meet the dates and it not be done right so exactly and i just then, hope they have the the funding and the ability to push it out as long as they need to they have mentioned yeah, that based- um it's going to cost more once it comes out of early access. So I would encourage everyone who's interested in it, to buy it during early access, um, both for your own wallet and for their funding so that they can get it over the finish line. Yeah. I think based on the, you know, I think they're going to have the funding. I think uh, early access is going to be a, a gold mine for them personally, based on their, on their discord following and the amount of, people that seem to be excited for it, I think, I think they're going to be fine. So, yeah, which is really a wonderful thing to, to even be considering, like the, the fact that a, a fairly niche genre like this, that, you know, we're working to grow, but it's, it's still growing is able to support something like this is very exciting. And the next big one is satisfactory 1.0. So, when they released update six, I thought they were, I thought I remembered them mentioning that update six was going to be the last early access release and we would see 1.0 and then update seven came out. So what, how do you feel about us seeing a satisfactory 1.0 hitting this year? Like, are you pretty confident in it? We're going to see it at some I- point. I think I'm pretty confident. So I have not followed Satisfactory as closely as you have. It's, and I've made it pretty clear that it's not my favorite game. I'm not as good at the 3D, full uh, cool 3D type games. And the lack of a grid really kills me in this one. Um, but I still do very much enjoy it. And I think it's, yeah, I, I think they're, they're drawn to a close on it. They've made a lot of really nice updates, and even update seven, it was more like small polish items. So I think there's a good chance that we get 1.0 in 2023. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I think we got a pretty high confidence, probably in a 80% chance, you know, that we're going to see yeah, it this year. They, they also anyways, seem but... a little bit like perfectionists, along a la. Uh, Firehose games. Um, so, you know, if they're not happy with it, they're going to keep pushing it back. And that's great. Yep. Fair, fair to statement. Total, totally fair statement. Yeah. Can't agree more. Yeah. And then the last of the big three um, is DSP. Uh, they keep putting out little updates recently, but, you know, their big teaser that happened in 2022 was that there was going to be combat added. It was this big update. They showed a lot of interesting looking buildings and uh, possible enemies, but it's been pretty quiet on that front. You know, they've, they've released maybe two decent sized news dumps about it, but they haven't said much about it otherwise. And I think we're finally going to see combat probably in the first half of 2023 but I think they're going to take their time refining it and we're not going to actually see 1.0 of DSP until 2024. I actually completely agree with you. Um, Based on the updates and the frequency that we get them from DSP, I I would almost be willing to bet Q1 that we'll see combat. So I think by the end of March 31st, I think we're going to see the combat update. 1.0, 1.0, I think I'm with you, though. I think we're going to see some other um, some other updates come out for DSP. There's a lot of Tier 2 buildings, if you look at them. You know, they released the new Quantum Chemical Plants, and we got the Advanced Miner. But there's a bunch of other buildings yet that could still get t- Tier 2 variants to them. So I could yeah, definitely see uh, some more of that. And they're constantly tweaking interesting things like the logistics. And, you know, I mean, they just added an entire slot to planetary logistics. Like they're not afraid to make fairly significant changes in the interest of making the game more fun and balanced. So um, I've just been so impressed with their their development process. Yeah. And that was based on community feedback, too, I believe. I I believe uh, 
people wanted that fourth slot in the planetary logistics. And I think that's why they eventually added to that because they, they saw what people wanted and the personal logistics as well. I mean, there was a mod out called personal logistics that was, you know, performing that function for people, but you know, they eventually added in, added it into the game, albeit a slightly different way of implementing it than the mod was. Um, but actually, I really like the way they um, implemented it. I mean, it, it works really well in the framework agree. of the game, unlike the mod. Yeah, and the mod was only personal lo- logistics, right? Whereas the actual game implementation allows you to use, you know, it's it's just a logistics to distributor. It's not just personal logistics, but you can actually move things around to different parts of your factory too, right? So yeah, it's a, almost it's a, mini mini towers, right? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's, you know, it's filling that mini tower role. I also uh, think that my my other prediction for DSP for 2023 is that they're finally going to add uh, the functionality in the autopilot mod, though, where you can actually target a planet and have the game take you there rather than having to pay attention as you get close to it. I think that's one that people have whined about enough that they're actually going to add. Like personal well, logistics, that'll be fun. I I'm uh, I'm actually looking forward to because I think the UI for the autopilot mods a little clunky. Yeah. So it'll it'll be nice to see if that happens. You know, that's good speculation. I like that a lot. And I I would like to see autopiloting um, built in the in the game somehow. And then. What about Factorio? So, you know, they've been working on uh, the Factorio expansion for probably, what would you say, about 15 months now or so? I think that's right, based on what they said. Somewhere in there. Do you think we're going to see the Factorio expansion in 2023? I do not. I think that they are having some trouble getting everything balanced and adjusted um, based partially on what they said in their last Friday facts um, that they, you know, they, they talked about they were sparse with details about the expansion. They really want to tell you about it, but uh, they're still changing a lot of things. So I think, again, they're going to take their time. They may have a beta out of it this year. We may be able to play some part of it by the end of the year, but I don't think it'll be in the first half of the year, and I don't think it's going to fully release until next year. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you said with Satisfactory and Tectonica, right? I think Wubei is... Uh, they're definitely going to be per- perfectionist on this, right? They want to make sure they get it right. Um, yep. I don't know if we're going to see uh, an open beta for it no, or early access. I think they're going to do a closed beta and then, bam, it's going to be out. Uh, yeah. I don't Hopefully think, we'll uh, get in that closed beta, or at least one of us will. Yeah, that, that, that'd be cool. we definitely welcome it, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, knowing Wubei and what they did with the Switch updates, I think they hold their cards pretty close to their chest, so... That's very true. I think it's. I think we're going to get about six mu- six months or so of radio silence, and then, bam, we're going to have a Factorio expansion. Whether or not that comes in 2023, we'll have to see. But, um, I would like it. You know, I'm a Factorio addict. Um, yeah, but I give it about a fifty fifty chance we'll see it in 2023. Yeah, I think that sounds maybe even a little high, but yeah, I, I I haven't played as much Factorio as I would like to, but that's partially because I've been so obsessed with DSP because it's such a good game. Yeah, another uh, recent update that we've gotten that's expected to be released early in. 2023 factory town idol is coming out so factory town was one of the early games that we reviewed as well uh, i really enjoyed this one i think you did as well um it's it's a bit more of a throwback 
style rather than the futuristic style of Factorio or Satisfactory. We've got magic and, you know, very like base level, like making food and uh, wheels and things like that. Uh, Factory Town Idol sounds like uh, a really fun distillation of the genre um, down to just like, you know, it takes it's going to take away a lot of the logistics, which make that less of a automation game overall, but in a fun way, like you and I have both become obsessed with idle games at various points. Um, mm-hmm. We have one ones that we still play frequently. Right. So I, I think this will be a, a really enjoyable one for us and one to take, take a look at for sure. Yeah. And that'll go back to like our previous episode, right? Where we talked about, alternate ways to consume games in the genre right you know an idle game definitely fits into the well i don't have access to my gaming computer or i maybe i don't have a dedicated gaming computer but it still gives me that ability to scratch that itch right and i think that's where factory town idol is gonna come in uh, you know the ability for that game to run 24 7 somewhere it's low powered you can keep up with it definitely uh Definitely going to be on our radar as well. Yeah. And then uh, a game that we haven't had an opportunity to play, but our friend Glider Cat has, um, is Foundry. Foundry is uh, should be coming out in early access here soon. This is another game that uh, has been on our wish list now, looking for a chance to get in and play it uh, they still had, you know it's just listed as 2023 for the release date so maybe we'll get in and get an opportunity to play that one here soon and if you're curious about that one glider cat has some really great videos on his youtube channel you can check that out and yeah hopefully we'll be able to get in there soon and talk about it sometime this year Then Junk Punk is one that we haven't actually covered on the podcast. Um, neither one of us, so we, we bought it actually fairly on. We, we thought about it for one of our first five or six episodes, but neither one of us had a particularly large amount of fun playing it. Um, but they've continued making significant updates to the game. Definitely some interesting looking changes. Hopefully they'll continue working on that one and make it into something that we will enjoy playing and be able to do a review of after playing it for a significant amount of time and be able to recommend. Yeah, and one of the reasons you know I wanted this one on the list is, while when we got into it, it was kind of still early yet and the game still felt very raw, like there was obviously some work that needed to happen. The concept of the game, you know, like you get to play basically as Wally, right? You know, like, you know, it's everybody's favorite Pixar film. And you get to clean up a junk world. And, you know, like the concept was really cool. And what I really like about it are the developers are constantly releasing updates for this. I mean, every month it seems like clockwork where there's a major up update to the game is coming out. And I really love that. And it shows so much promise, right? Like, this is a game I love the setting. I love the whole vibe of the game. I wasn't super thrilled about some of the controls or how things work right off the bat, but you know, I wanted to reserve judgment on the game until it had a little bit more time to get polished, right? This is one of the games I think it might have went to early access, maybe a little early. Um, but I definitely am looking forward to jumping back in once it gets a little bit more work to it and a little bit more polish. But Definitely on my radar for uh, 2023 to jump back in. For the record, I like Up more than I like Wally, so <laughs> it's my favorite Pixar well, film. But, uh, Up tugs at different. Well, Wally is like actually a <laughs> second, though. <laughs> yeah, Up is Up is really good too. Oh, Coco's like to up there. <laughs> now, now you're just tugging at all the heartstrings, aren't you? So, oh yeah. I get it. <laughs> and then uh, 
I guess one of the biggest updates that I'm looking forward to this year, and this one definitely hits close to home, is the evolution of these games uh, and how it relates to the Steam Deck. So I actually just received mine earlier today. I got the the 512 gig Steam Deck um, and already started playing it, started installing some games. I did the Emu Deck at the emulator on it. But overall, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how the different games in the genre play on the Steam Deck. And just the fit and finish and how the system is so far is actually well above my expectations. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal and I'm looking forward to it. You know, we do a lot of traveling, my wife and I, so we're, you know, being able to you know, keep up on my favorite games while I'm not home is something I'm definitely looking forward to. And, and you know, the Steam Deck hits uh, its one-year anniversary here in a couple months, and games are still adapting and updating to it. But I think, uh, I think the Steam Deck's going to be a major game changer, uh, not just in the factory and automation games, but gaming in general. Yeah, I, I think that... Factory and automation games are one of the hardest style of game to adapt to this style of uh, play in general. You know, having played the Factorian Autonauts adaptation for the Switch, it's not not the easiest thing in the world to create a controller or handheld version of one of these games. But you know, those are both still very fun to play in their handheld version. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely something to look forward to how, how everything works with the steam deck. And I will definitely be hoping to get one in the upcoming year. It seems like it's going to become a, a near indispensable piece of PC gaming equipment. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but I guess that's the beauty of of this genre, right? Is this isn't your typical video games. These are unique games. They've found ways to make it work. You know, the back-end development of the game and how they do the updates per second and all that, right? They've they've had challenges. So I think uh, ad- ad- adapting the game to work on a controller-based system is is a challenge to them. It definitely is. But if there's any genre that... I have faith in it's definitely uh definitely this one. I think they're gonna be able to overcome. Yep. We're looking forward to in 2023. If you have anything to add to all that, please join us on our Discord and tell us what you're looking forward to so that we can look forward to it too. Yeah, we're looking forward to engaging with you guys. Would love to hear what you're looking forward to. Uh, again, yeah, and as Dave the, said, the last thing we're us. we're looking forward to as well is uh, we're gonna try to get some more episodes out this year. Uh, we did you know, fourteen episodes in eleven months or ten months of twenty twenty two, so we're gonna I I think try to top that number and get them out a little more frequently if we can, and definitely start updating the website a little more. Those are. Both exciting developments on that front, hopefully. Yep, I'm with you on that. I think uh, we average every three and a half weeks or so, and I think we're going to try to go more for uh, every couple weeks, having a new episode and staying on top of the news. So, yep, you know, and it'll probably mean alternating like a review with a more mechanic based or other interesting news based episode. But we've already started doing that a little bit. And hopefully people are enjoying it. And again, if you guys want to, you know, we're we're always looking for feedback. We're always looking for what you guys want to hear, right? We've got some great feedback on upcoming episodes that we're going to look at in terms of comparing different mechanics between the games. So if you guys have any ideas, something you want to hear about, something you want us to talk about, head over to the Discord and, and join the conversation.
So hopefully all these new releases we're looking forward to in 2023 won't run into too many bottlenecks, but we will with what we have in our glasses. So Chris, what's in your glass? Well, I thought based on the topic of this episode and the recap, I thought this was a very fitting beer. So I went with Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA, the 2022 release of of the beer. Um, this is one that my wife and I look forward to every year. It's very piney, very citrusy. It's perfect for the winter season. Um, not too many IPAs can say that. And uh, this is one that we look forward to every year. So Celebration by Sierra Nevada. How about you? I went with a coffee Eugene. So the Revolution Brewing Eugene Porter is one of my favorite beers, along with the the Edmund Fitzgerald Porter that I talked about last week, last episode. But uh, this is, you know, the the version with coffee. And I normally I well, I love coffee and I like a coffee beer. I would say this is not as much better than the standard porter as i would like it to be the coffee flavor doesn't add that much but it's still delicious because it's based on a really good beer i'm a huge fan of porters coffee porters especially so sounds delicious in my book so you've got your new steam deck now what have you been using it for well what else have you been playing well, I've had it for about eight hours <laughs> as of the time of this recording. And um, first thing I did was install EmuDeck on it. So I got the emulators going and uh, put one of my favorite old school games on for the season. And that's Cool Borders 2. Uh, just talking with my brother, we were reminiscing about playing uh, the old snowboarding games on our PS1 you know, decades ago at this point. So played that for a little bit, got nostalgic for me, and then uh, decided to switch over to the actual Steam interface and use it for what it was actually bought for, right? That's Steam games, and uh, installed Hades on it. Uh, Hades, I've never really played very much of it, so I was able to pick up on it real easily, and uh, perfect game for the Steam Deck. I mean, the controls, everything. One of my favorite games overall but it's made for a controller for sure. Oh yeah, and it's it's perfect. I mean, it runs at 60 frames per second without a hitch. Um, the battery life while playing Hades is probably in the six to eight hour range, which is pretty good. Like uh, hardcore games, the Steam Deck's only gonna run them for about an hour and a half on, right? Whereas other games, you can see anywhere from an hour and a half to 13 hours from what I've read, so. You know, Hades falls right in the middle. It runs at full graphics, everything, and uh, definitely very cool on the on the Steam Deck. I mean, ah, it's 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 blowing away my my expectations already. I'm I'm just loving it. So, but outside of that, uh, since our last episode, mostly DSP uh, started a new galactic scale map. And also playing a little bit of Oxygen Not Included, which was recommended from one of our Discord members. So jumped into that, and that's a pretty cool game too. So reminds me a lot of a vertical scrolling version of something like RimWorld, right? Where there's actual consequences to to actions in it. So you know, it's kind of what I've been playing. What about what about you, Dave? What are you into? Um, I've been playing a little bit of DSP too. Um, I, I'm working my way towards some of the bigger achievements in the game. Finally, I haven't done any of the like massive production of, uh, uh, different sciences or anything like that yet. I've never built like a mega based world type thing in DSP, but I plan to very soon, but I've kept getting distracted by, uh, the last spell, which I talked about in our last episode as well. It's, um, it's got that sort of roguelike run-based style where you're defending your town against a, a horde of invaders and you have these heroes that need to fight them back every, t- every uh, round. 
Um, yeah, like I mentioned before, it's just sort of got that dopamine drip of incremental improvement as you go along. You unlock different things as you move forward. Even even if you fail in a run, you keep getting more improvements for your town and your heroes and stuff. And uh, it's at times I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm having fun, like in the moment to moment playing it. But each play session is very enjoyable and uh, satisfactory. Uh, that that's been a good one. Outside of that, I did get. Uh, one of the games I was looking forward to for Christmas, um, I got uh, Mario plus Rabbids 2 Spark of Hope for the Switch. I haven't played it as much as I expected to. It just really hasn't grabbed me quite the same way the first game did. Part of that is I haven't had a whole lot of time to just sit down and play it. And I've been so into the last spell. I haven't broken from that enough to really get uh, fully delved into it. Um, other than that, I've been uh, jealous of your uh, Steam Deck for the last eight hours, and I'm thinking <laughs> about when I might be able to get one of my own. Yeah, the last spell, looking at it, it's got some mostly controller support, so might be one that I add to my wish list here for uh, for the Steam Deck. Looks like it'd play pretty good on there. Yeah, there are parts of it that I think will be a little finicky and annoying with the controller, but overall it'll be pretty decent. Thank you for joining us tonight. If you have any suggestions for us, please let us know. Feel free to join us on our discord server where we talk about automation and factory games discuss game mechanics, and look forward to upcoming releases. Or head over to our website, bottlenetgaming.com, and check out the games database. Be sure to check in on our next episode. It will be our first in-person episode since we started recording this podcast. Chris and I are old friends, but in the last year we haven't seen each other. But I'll be making the trip out to Arizona to hang out with him a little bit. We'll record an episode, do some probably heavier than normal drinking, and it should be pretty interesting. We'll probably be talking about mechanics rather than a particular game, because I won't have as much time with between driving and doing other things in Arizona. But it should be a good one. Yep, definitely look, looking forward to that. That's going to be a blast, and can't wait to, uh, to catch up. As always, we'll see you next time, and... The factory must...